Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and joining us today, I think it's the first time you've been on this particular podcast, is uh, Sean Tabbitt. Sean, welcome to the Basic Bible Podcast. Well, Kevin, you're right. This is the first time I am on your show, and it's truly an honor. You and I have known each other forever. We used to be part of the yeah. the book reviewing community back in the day when that was a, a cool thing to do. Yeah, see, that that's why, you know, I don't... I think we've actually met once in person. No, twice. I know we had coffee at least once uh, with Bob, and we had yeah. we met we ran into each other at a conference somewhere one time, if I remember correctly. Right. So yeah, but uh, you know, I consider you a, a deep personal friend because you know my love language, and that's books. Amen. And uh, you used to send those books to me, and um, you know, I miss those days. So feel free anytime. That's right. That's right. He, who doesn't need more books? I, the way and see the funny thing is for me, the whole reason I got into podcasting was so I didn't have to write book reviews anymore because <laughs> I foolishly thought, well, podcasting, you just have conversations. That's that's going to be less work than reading a book and writing a review. Little did I know uh, podcasting is even more work than writing book reviews. And, and little did I know, I, I just found out yesterday with all the uh, show prep that I do that uh, I'm talking with the master podcaster. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, my good friend Alan DiDio, uh, he has a media conference coming up next week, actually, called Arm 22 in, up in Charlotte. And uh, he has given me the title of the master podcaster. I, <laughs> I, I'm i thinking I should drop my executive title and I should just get business cards that say master podcaster. I mean, that, that'd be a unique way to introduce myself. That is. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> you know, around it here. I'm the master teacher. Um, I made a big deal about that last, last school year. We, we have a little clause in our well, long story short, we had we had like five different faculty handbooks that were used at school, and for some reason we decided to narrow that down to one. You know, crazy idea. But uh, in one of those faculty handbooks, the definition of a master teacher was a teacher who'd been at the school for three years. So I thought, wow, I think we should keep that. I love that title, master teacher. So, of course, all my students call me master teacher. Uh, so master teacher, master podcaster, it's going to be a master podcast. It's a, it's it's literally a perfect matchup for the show. And <laughs> and I don't know if you can hear it, but all of my roosters are going crazy in the background. Can you hear the chorus that's going on outside my window? No, I actually can't hear it at all. Oh, that's amazing. That, see, that means my <laughs> microphone is doing its job and just picking up the sound right around it right. and not everything <laughs> else going around, on around me. All right. Well, let's um, first off, introduce yourself. Um because you, ha- I, I think you've actually been on one of my other podcasts before this, before I hit the big time with the basic right. podcast. Um, right. But you've been in the you've been in the book uh, industry for at least over a decade now. You've got TV, you've got podcasts. So, so tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, that, that's always an interesting question. What exactly is it that I do? Uh, probably most importantly, my wife and I have married almost twenty five years. Uh, we have ten kids, ranging from three into early to mid twenties, and so. Life is never dull and boring. If that didn't give me enough to do, I also have a job. Uh, as you said, I've been in the publishing space for about 10 years now and currently serve at Norai Media Group as uh, an acquisitions and marketing publishing executive, which is a big, long title to say I do a bunch of different things. <laughs> uh, I acquire book projects. Uh, this past year, I've actually contributed to and written a couple of books. Uh, I host a TV show. Uh, I am part of several different podcasts. And then I just do a lot of collaborative work with our authors, creating content. Uh, we travel quite a bit to conferences and events. And so, 
you know, on a day-to-day basis, I'm often just in my office at home making and producing and, you know, streaming content. Uh, and so, you know, I, I do a little bit of everything. I, I've never been diagnosed as being kind of ADD, but I, I do like the the variety of that. And so uh, I actually met my wife back in the day working in a Christian bookstore. And so I just, I, I have a love for books. I have a love for this industry. And so, you know, as a guy who spent 11 years in a, a tech and software space, it's, it's just been a real blessing to get called into Christian publishing. And so, you know, I suspect this will likely be my home probably for the rest of my career. So publishing, you've done promotions, all of that, collaborate, uh, collaborating. What's it like, actually, I'm curious, um, once you actually saw a book with your name on it, how, how is that, that, that transition, that crossover? You know, it, it is kind of funny. Pe- people treat you differently. Uh, I, I guess people get really excited. You know, I, I'd gotten to write endorsements and I've gotten to write forwards for books. And then uh, the transition into having my name as a as a co-author on these first two books uh, was kind of a it was a fun feeling. Um, it gives, it's given me a lot of respect for all the authors I've worked with through the years and that you know, no matter how big or small putting a, a book together is, is a lot of work. Uh, uh, you know, the writing, it's one thing. And then there's the the editing process and, you know, just, yeah. you know, going through the designed manuscript and just, you know, uh, there's nothing more humbling than the editor sends you back comments and corrections. It's like, Oh, only <laughs> 7,000. Wow. This is gonna be great. Uh, and, and you know, it's, it, and it's, it's not even, you know, even for the best writer, it's not that we're, we're necessarily even not great at writing. It's just, you get somebody in there who's even better than the average person at grammar. They're mm. going to give you lots of suggestions on what to, what to fix right. and what to make better. Uh, and I find just having worked with so many authors through the years, that's probably one of the most difficult phases is that editorial feedback process because, uh, you know, a book is very personal. People you know, have some strong opinions about what they're trying to say. And so uh, all that to say, it, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed the process. I've got a few more uh, book projects on, on the horizon. Uh, but li- like anything else, I love to throw myself into stuff just to learn about other people's experiences. And so for me, the bulk of my people I interview on my podcast and TV show are authors. And so just going through the whole writing process, it gives me a better understanding of, you know, kind of what they go through and and kind of the blood, sweat and tears for their projects as well. I've never written a book yet. I feel like like someday (laughs) I've got something in me, but I did write a forward to a book for a friend of mine. And I remember the excitement of, of getting the book in the mail opening it up and reading it like, whoa, 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 you left out the best parts. How, 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 well, uh, okay. Not my book, not my book, but you know, this is, this is my, the closest I've got. Anyway. All right. So let's talk about your, your latest book and that's uh real near death experience stories. And I, I had to, I had to admit, I, I saw this and I was just like, I don't know if I want to touch this. <laughs> I it is controversial <laughs> um, because I, I'm a skeptic. Sure. Um, and probably about a year ago, this we would never would have had this conversation. Um, but then uh, I, I started to read uh, The Case for Heaven by Lee Strobel. Great book. And he started getting into some of these near-death experience stories. And uh, I like Lee Strobel. He's been, he's been a guest on the podcast. Um, and... I said, well, if, if I trust him and then starting to do a little more reading and research and realizing there are other people I respect who are talking about the same topic. And so the skeptic in me is still there, 
but I'm certainly a lot more open to that idea. Uh, tell us, how did you get involved? Because you, you got your you got the podcast uh, with uh, your friend Randy there and right. co-author of the book, who who's had a near death experience. Um, but I'm I'm curious, were you like me, more of a skeptical, or or are you just something that, yep, yeah, you you by faith you trust this, and uh, that was okay. I would say I definitely started up more in the skeptical camp. Uh, probably my <clears throat> my first exposure to near-death experiences would have been John Burke's book, Imagine Heaven. I'd had him on my podcast uh, a number of years back. And then I actually worked with Randy Kay on his book, Dying to Meet Jesus. Hmm. And that was when I was still at Baker. So that's goodness, probably four or five years ago, uh, we partnered up on that. And then uh, I acquired Randy's most recent book called Revelations from Heaven, and that just got me back to working with him. And he really wanted to start a podcast, but didn't want to do that on his own. And so he's like, hey, you know, let's let's start this podcast together. And so we did this show called Two Christian Dudes. Yeah. And we just started going down the rabbit hole. And, um, you know, I certainly when you're not exposed to these things, you're like, yeah, is this is this real? Is this true? And there was this interesting dynamic that came about of Randy being a guy who had his own near-death experience or afterlife encounter, as he would call it about 16, 17 years ago. And then me, just this, you know, I've gone to Bible college. I'm a publishing guy who's interviewed thousand people. And so, uh, you know, him with his experience and me, you know, being a good interviewer, uh, we were just able to draw some really unique things out of people. And so, uh, you know, definitely in that started in that same skeptic camp, I would say, but you know, 30, 40 plus interviews later, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more of a believer. I guess I, I have a much bigger hope for heaven, that heaven's a real place and yeah. that, you know, there's a Jesus wait, waiting on the other side to greet me, so to speak. Uh, but I think there's a real cultural uh, piece to all of this, just all the loss and the, the difficulties that people have suffered the past few years. Uh, it, you know, culturally, we're just ripe for people wanting this hope of heaven. Uh, people have lost friends and loved ones the past few years. And so, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of factors I think that uh, are have bring are bringing this whole new level of popularity into heaven stories, afterlife stories, and it, it feels definitely different. We had kind of those the heaven tourism books, for right. lack of a better way right. to say it, from back in the day. This move seems different than that. Um, I I can say in terms of the emails and the comments we get on our content, we've gotten thousands and thousands of folks reaching out to us saying. They stumble across these videos on YouTube or they listen to the podcast and they accept the Lord. They were thinking about killing themselves and they decide not to commit suicide. Uh, they just lost a friend or a loved one. And, uh, you know, listening to people talk about heaven just really is giving them hope and helping to work through their grief. And so, you know, I've done so many interviews using the same skill set and to see God kind of breathe on it and it actually making a tangible impact to the point where people reach out every single day to let us know how they're being impacted. Uh, I've never experienced that before. I've been podcasting yeah. for 10 years and this heaven NDE content has blown up like nothing else I've ever touched. So if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, the reaction to this has not been, and this is the fear that, you know, conservative guys like me, um, and I still consider myself a conservative depending on what context. I'm in. <laughs> um, I, I, when I, when I hear these words, I think, well, yeah, I don't know. But my main concern is uh, I, I believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. I believe that God has given us what we need in the Word. And my fear is that when we get uh, wrapped up in these stories, it takes us away from that. But if I'm hearing you correctly, just the opposite is happening. 
where people are getting a, a stronger faith after hearing some of these stories or being exposed to some of this. Is that, is that a, is that a fair statement? Uh, yeah, I would say people are largely being encouraged and really being steered more towards the Lord. Uh, you know, I always uh, like to say we, we try to kind of keep the seatbelt on or keep yeah. the bumpers in the pool lane, if you will, with some of these, uh, these conversations will stretch you theologically uh, there, there are some things that people will share uh, and consistently share across many interviews where I'm like, huh, uh, I don't quite know what to do with that. That doesn't yeah. fit with how I came up. And like, in terms of, uh, we've had a number of people talk about where they're, they're being put into their, uh, final, not, not final resting place, final place of torment, if you will, in hell yeah. and God will break through and say something to the effect of, you know, his mother, his grandmother has been yeah. praying for him for his whole life. And I promised her that I would answer her prayer. And so people will get plucked out of hell and sent back. I don't know what to do with that. You know, what what do we do with that? So there's intercession happening. God responds and somebody who totally deserves hell gets taken out of hell because somebody else has been praying. Uh, Or another consistent theme is people will talk about how, you know, in the midst of their having an accident or a tragic experience, it's almost like time will slow down. And it's like God gives them every possible last moment to call out to him, to respond to him. And so uh, there there are some kind of squishy things that feel like they fly in the face of some of our kind of theological boundaries uh, that we came up with. Now, you know, I, I would say you have to process everything through the light of Scripture, everything through the light of Orthodox Christian belief. Uh, but, you you know, you start talking to 30, 40 or more people who've had these you you really have to wrestle with some theological challenges, but at the same time, like we just uh, referred to earlier, it's bolstered my faith. And, and in my experience, a, a lot of people are just being strongly encouraged. So uh, our heart is always, we want to point you to Jesus. We're hoping listening to these stories is going to invite you into an encounter with the Lord and to know him yeah. as your Lord and Savior. And so that that's really our hope and the intent. A lot of people just come to these wanting you know, heaven stories and afterlife stories. And I get that. And if that's your draw, that's fine. And enjoy the conversation. But, uh, you know, by and large, in our experience, God's using them for far more than people just encountering a good story. Well, and I, and I appreciate the fact that everything's going to be seen through the lens of scripture and everything's going to be checked with that because God's not going to contradict himself. And, you know, I was thinking my go-to passage is second Corinthians. Paul talks about being brought up, into heaven um but then he said no i was forbidden to talk about it so in my mind okay <laughs> that that's it but then uh, you know as i was praying about that you know i was reminded of isaiah 6 here isaiah is brought before the very throne room of god and god specifically tells him i want you to go and and tell people about this give them my message um and and then the even you know the book of revelation where john is seeing all of these things even in you know Revelation five, he's seeing into the throne room of God, and so you know my mind has opened up a little bit more in the idea that yes, Paul was told not to tell anything, okay, but he's not the only person, and so um, it, it, there seems to be in, in Scripture there's certainly a a spiritual realm that conservative guys like me are very nervous about, but we can't deny it certainly exists, right. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure my uh my conservative Baptist card got cut up long ago <laughs> just just by the circles uh I run, <laughs> run in these days. Uh you know, I, I again, I I'll just come back to the, these things are going to be challenging, 
certainly. Um, you know, if I think of myself 10, 15 years ago, I would have been so crazy uncomfortable with these sorts of conversations and with these sorts of books. Uh, not unlike when I started transitioning, so to speak, over to the charismatic church, I judged things by the fruit that I was seeing. You know, I mean, our our lives being changed, our people really encountering the Lord and that sort of a thing. And so that that, you know, beyond, you know, really looking at to fit within the sweeping scope of scope of scripture and orthodox theology, uh, really just judging things by the fruit. I mean, if there's garbage fruit coming off of something. I probably don't need to be about that, but uh, you know, if I'm seeing lives being changed and people really receiving hope and encountering the Lord, I'm, I'm going to get really excited about that. So uh, I would certainly say, you know, the, the fruit is a big, big way that I judge kind of what's happening. All right. So in this book, uh, you, you've taken four interviews that you did right. um, in your, the, the two Christian dudes podcast, mm. which is just a great, title for a podcast that's all randy that's all randy i'm upset that i didn't use that Um, (laughs) it's very versatile you can talk about anything when you're two christian dudes so how did you how did you narrow it down to these four stories well uh we we had this idea for a larger book that'll be coming out uh in first season of next year and my boss challenged me he's like hey why don't you do some kind of (laughs) pre-release books so to speak ahead of this this bigger book and so uh, we actually have done two of those. The next one will be coming out next month. Uh, and for the first one, real near to the experience stories, I looked at, uh, kind of that first season of interviews that we did and just not necessarily rank them, but I was looking for, you know, what are the ones that we've gotten the biggest response to? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, uh, Jim Woodford's, uh, story, he's got a book called heaven and unexpected journey. He's by, by and large, our, our biggest interview that we've ever done. I mean, that, that story or that interview and all of its various iterations, three and a half to 4 million views and listens across all the channels. So that one's been huge. Um, but really we are just looking for the four that have made the biggest impact. And, and my hope with these is that we could take kind of the success, so to speak, and, uh, the strength of what we've been able to do on YouTube and on the podcast and put that into a book form. So, you know, if you've got a family member or a friend, if you're a fan of the show and you know, they're not going to watch a YouTube video, you know, they're not going to listen to a podcast, but somebody who might actually pick up a book and, and read a story. Uh, well, th- that's really the, the vision behind that. And so, uh, we have kind of an intro chapter, like, what do we do with all these near death experiences? Why are these happening? Uh, then it's literally four interviews transcribed Q and a style. And then each chapter wraps up with uh, a handful of comments from Randy and myself about, you know, what did we think was significant or what really stood out to us uh, from their story. And then the book closes uh, with uh, a short finish of kind of what do these mean to me? Why, why should I care? You know, how is, you know, is this God reaching out to me kind of a thing? And so, we set you up with enough information to kind of step into the stories. We give you some feedback and then not saying we're trying to close the deal, but um, I always like to say to people, you know, I feel like these are almost like love letters from heaven, so to speak, where God, we see God, not unlike the stories we read in scripture, definitely not on the same par, but God interacting with humanity. And and there there's lessons for us to be learned uh, as we see people living out their faith and to see them before their encounter hear what happened in their heaven encounter and how their lives dramatically changed afterwards. Uh, sometimes it's what happens in their life after they come back. Uh, that's really the most important thing to catch. So these stories should strengthen what we've already seen in the scripture. Yes, 
that that would be the intent. You know, you're going to have skeptics and people all over the map. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people who they encounter these heaven stories or hell stories. And they're like, this is garbage. I don't believe that. You know, they're just they're making it up or this is for their own gain. I mean, and I, I don't care what you write about. You can write about the most conservative, wholesome, biblically safe topics yeah. and you're going to have somebody who's uncomfortable. Right. So uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely it's it's edgy and controversial. But again, we're trying to steer you to the Lord. We're trying to give you a hope of heaven. And so that, that's really what we're going for. And as I read through this, there, there wasn't anything that jumped out at me as, no, this, can't, this <laughs> absolutely can't have. No, this is definitely anti-biblical. Again, you, things perhaps that would stretch your understanding. Um, but the, I didn't read anything that would just like, whoa, 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 back up. No, 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 that, that, that absolutely. Um, so I'm a skeptic with an open mind. And I, and I think um, if you're in the same boat, this is a good book to get started on. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And just the, the, the conversational style of the interviews. I mean uh, it, it's easy to follow. It flows pretty quickly. And, you know, it's, it's not like these stories are all the same. I mean, there's a lot of common elements in terms of how a near death experience right. progresses, but uh, you know, like I think one, one I would point to is, uh, Jim Woodford, he sees kind of a, a nursery in heaven or like babies in heaven and, and gets this uh, kind of vision of what happens to lost or aborted children or children that died too soon. Um, Randy's had a variation of that. Ivan Tuttle has had a variation of that. And so I've encountered several people where they've had this experience of seeing lost children in heaven and parents being reunited uh, with their children. Uh, when we taped for my TV show uh, back in the spring, uh, we were able to bring several of our near-death experience friends together, and we did a Q and A uh, at our Sunday service. And it was it was a lot of fun just to see the ministry that happened after the fact, to see parents who had lost a child unexpectedly uh, come up and get prayer from Ivan specifically because of what he saw in his vision. And they messaged me afterwards saying they were just so encouraged, and God used that to help them deal with some of the grief and the trauma that they're still walking through. And so. Um, you know, these these things that people share in these stories, they're certainly out of the box. But again, the fruit, the tangible ministry impact, you know, that we can have people just share parts of their story and it'll cause somebody to kind of get out of their shell and ask for prayer in a, in a space that they're hurting. Um, that's so worthwhile to me. And so I, I feel like people will gravitate to or connect with one specific part of these encounters and these stories that speaks into their life or something that they're walking through. Uh, and by and large, people are just being encouraged through that. All right. Well, thank you, Sean, for your time. And uh, we're wrapping up things. So our, obviously our recommended resource this week is the book by Randy Kay and Sean Tabbitt, ne- Real Near-Death Experience Stories. Also, we'll have a link to the Two Christian Dudes podcast, which, again, I'm jealous over the name. Um, <laughs> but, Sean, I, w- once the big book comes out, I, I, I'd like you and, Rain, you and Randy to come on the podcast and uh, chat it up about, about the big book. Awesome. We, we would love that. Look forward to it. All right, well, thank all of you for listening. Again, check us out at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. I'll have all the links there, and you can check out our previous podcasts as well. Again, on the socials, look us up on Facebook. You can join our group, join the conversation there, and also um, at Basic Biblecast on Twitter and Instagram. So until next week, have a good rest of your week. Bye.